Hello everyone and welcome to Open Mind with 16. I guess to give everyone an insight before we do begin the episodes and the podcast in general is that we are generally going to talk in a little bit about grief and loss and kind of how that evolves around mental health. We'll be having different guests, different hosts um, to kind of shake things up. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little insight as to these podcasts will consist of. Um, just before I do introduce my guest, I'm just going to introduce myself. My name is Kalida. I'm an Asian British Bangladeshi. I don't know if that helps. Um, but I basically am a nurse by background and 28 years old. Um, I've lost both my parents, which is why grief and loss is quite a prominent part of my of topics that I want to choose to keep with these podcasts. And um, yeah, hopefully it'll be interesting to see how our guests in general provide an insight to the experiences of um, any type of loss or grief with that they've faced. So yeah, before I, I do move on, and uh, without further ado, my lovely guest, would you like to invite yourself? Invite yourself, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> <can't>... <laughs> do you know what? Podcasts are meant to be natural, so... I don't know why I'm behaving like I'm taking it so serious. No, it's fine. So, hi, Kalida. My name's Araf. Um, I'm 36, and I too have lost both my parents. Oh, I think it's important to highlight that you're my eldest brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm also your older brother, um, but not that old. Um, as you probably know, you've got many other siblings who are older than me. Yeah. And um, in general, I don't know, tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself so they can just generally get an idea. Myself? Or... Yeah, yourself. Um, married, um, unfortunately, well, um, alhamdulillah, shall I say, um, yes. that's part of... 10 11 years i think um yeah and any children yeah i've got two daughters one the eldest is nine why i'm asking like i don't know you need to kind of say sorry guys this is our first time doing this so it's very unnatural to yeah but you should let me speak you're like you're you're quite slow and we've got limited time we want to make this as efficient as possible within a nice time frame that's not nice to treat a guest like that Continue from where you were going. So you've you've got two children. Yeah, eldest is nine, and uh, my other daughter, um, she's just uh, she's two and a bit. Lovely. Mm, I live in Luton. <laughs> um, moved... Wear your area codes in case you say something bad. I say, well, we originally like lived in Finsbury Park. Yeah. And then after Finsbury Park, after I got married, we moved to um, a few places, but I settled in Barnet. I was there for the best part of like six, seven years. And then like two years ago, um, yeah, two years ago, moved out to Luton. You've gone from like quite um, a scattered Asian population to quite an, a dense population of Asians. That, that, that like impacted you? <laughs> not, not really, like... Um, Barnet, um, well, sort of chose Barnet originally just because the schooling was known to be good and it mm. is good, shall I say. So it was more about 
the kids, um, well, my daughter at that time, Amaya, um, her future well-being as such. But then um, moving to Luton, um, I guess we moved to Luton, uh, decided to move to Luton just as an escape, um, really, yeah. from from everything. Um, when I say everything, it's like we're both of us working. Um, yeah. Financially, alhamdulillah, we're okay, but it's just like, it needed both of us working as such and yeah, yeah. obviously the most important thing is now upbringing of children That's so cool. therefore financially much better off got a much bigger house and yeah that what you said about the asian uh, more dense i don't even have time like fortunately with covid <laughs> don't get to see yeah. that but <laughs> yeah. um, even even before covid it wasn't you, I mean, you get your spells. It's not great. Like the mannerism isn't great. Like they just don't know etiquettes as such. But Stop getting to it is what it is. We want to revolve around the topic of what we're. we're yeah. Okay. Perfect. So now that I guess we've been an introduction, a brief introduction of ourselves, I think it's best because I obviously told you beforehand that before I was going to get you to speak on these episodes, on this episode in particular, that I wasn't going to tell you the topic until we join the podcast yeah i had to sleep last night yeah i'm sure you slept like a baby um but yeah i just thought that it's the best way to get a raw yeah i agree right and i think it gives you less time to overthink things and i think generally that's a characteristic within our family in general is we're 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 quite overthinkers and you like to be kind of perfect with answers so yeah it will give like a raw insight into you I guess I, I can find out as well, like your opinions and your um, kind of experiences and how you, from your perspective, kind of dealt with certain things. So our topic of the day, of the day, rather of the evening, because we're filming this, uh, recording this quite late, um, is mourning loss and juggling responsibilities after the death of parents. So in general, hopefully by the end of the podcast, I just wanted to see if we can get um, kind of not rather not an answer but rather opinions of where we stand in terms of does grief feel the same every experience loss because mm-hmm. I think that can be challenging to answer for many because everyone's lost people in, in different ways lost things animals it, grief comes in many forms so I guess by the end of the podcast hopefully it shouldn't take too long but we could come to kind of an understanding of where you stand at that point and I guess where I am as well sure perfect so obviously to kick things off because nobody really obviously this is fresh so we don't no one really knows what we've gone through obviously with losing our parents so i don't know whether you want to give a brief brief kind of overview of when and kind of the loss yeah so um so for the listeners we are a large family that's to put it lightly quite uh, open mind with 16 yeah um when I've, I've told many people like about my siblings and naturally everyone thinks oh they're stepbrothers and stepsisters which probably might be the case that's another topic <laughs> in itself. I'm joking yeah. um, but um it's it's from one mother one father um coming back to what you what you asked um so mum she passed away many years ago 2005 I believe if I'm yeah. not mistaken September um, 20, 20th or 21st 20th, um, <laughs> 20th. yeah I think it's 20th yeah um, it's the 20th uh, I can tell you what time 1.32 in the afternoon that was pretty vivid um, uh, her 
she done Hajj the year before um, with my dad after like begging my dad um, or Adad shall I say I'm sure you can relate Khalda and yeah and after she came back in Jan she done Hajj in December I believe that year uh, the year before and she came back in January complained of a bit of like back pain and whatnot yeah, and I guess things just escalated. Yeah, and then she went into hospital. I remember July the, when the bombings happened. Yeah, seven seven bombings. Me and you were actually at her GP appointment, and you would fight mm. like while the GP was checking. Out. Yeah. These kind of memories are the ones that stick with me. Of course. I think like I think obviously I'll explain it anyway. Sorry, I always keep. No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, so. Um, unfortunately, um, she went. She was admitted into hospital on seventh of July of that year, um, and then July, August, September. So two months, just over two. Well, yeah, just over two months. Uh, she passed away with pancreatic cancer. That was the diagnosis of her so death. Kind of similar, because I think not a lot of people are aware of like cancers in general, like pancreatic cancer and blah blah blah. Hmm. She had basically liver cancer, and then she yeah. due to that, like pancreatic. So it's like, yeah. So yeah. Um, and then um, with that, um, much more recent is obviously yeah. coming to a year nearly. Um, so. 22nd of March of 2020 um, yeah he passed away when I say passed away it was his time um, Allah called him like he did to call our mum his story um, it was a bit different with mum it was very out of the blue she never went hospital before never had any kind of illnesses or whatnot. and his was different he was a long term like uh, he had a long term illness with diabetes a type 2 diabetes with the usual kind of within the Asian community sure sure um, yeah. like as much as he did have like additional health conditions it was nothing to a point where we expected something of oh for sure yeah and I think that's quite um, good to mention he was a very like, active fit. yeah like literally come on he had a cycle I think, yeah like for example even for like myself like mm. when the time came when obviously dad passed away and like telling my friends who had actually met him um i think that took them by surprise because they were like this guy was like yeah. fit just just last week like for sure we saw yeah. him walking around me personally i went to um a dinner function with him so that mm. was the time i saw him out and that was literally the weekend before he actually i ended up going and seeing him obviously that led to his admission to hospital mm. but yeah unfortunately yeah so that's how we stand now alhamdulillah like sibling wise everyone's alive well um and you know the variation of the siblings so just to give the listener um 13 sisters and three brothers so the eldest sibling uh i don't know how old she's plus 50 um uh, and the youngest is 25 now isn't it yeah just 26 Oh, okay, sorry. You're really doing really bad with numbers today, so I don't know what's going uh, Okay. But yeah, I obviously stand as the youngest, so second youngest. So for me to you is quite a bit of a, a gap, So which is why I think it's perfect for this kind of topic because you see it from a more mature perspective and yeah. from my perspective being one of the youngsters within the family. So yeah, now that we've kind of given a little bit of an overview of mum and dad and how they just um, kind of how and when they passed away um, what I wanted to ask you to just, just kind of kick things off is maybe it might be easier to go through mum and then dad um, yeah. but 
I wanted to understand your initial process of thought like obviously when each parent was hospitalized and then kind of how do they differ so how did it differ for you mm. mom you, you briefly just explained that okay out of the blue came by surprise yeah illness so I'll take it I'll take it back there with mom um i remember when i went to her biopsy yeah. she was like a um walking like a, 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 like everything was fine so she went to the biopsy i didn't know no i don't you can't blame me no one's like close to us went or was suffering or or had an illness like that before to require biopsy so I, we just went to the hospital remember whittington hospital mm. and she lay on the bed and i had to be outside and i peeped through the window and literally like as you can obviously know now what a biopsy is they had taken a sample of her uh, of the liver bit where where it was apparently um, having the issue as such and just that like from there I just like I didn't know what how serious it was but at the same time I knew it was serious because you know you don't go to a hospital I think that that probably for you guys um, was quite I don't know like new in it because said you've never really experienced a bump sure, all of the sure. and I think that's such a huge part of like the experience of losing someone in that manner like, of course obviously in those those places for example cancer mm. there's other illnesses that impact others really significant just as significantly but I feel yeah. like with cancer it's like it's known to be quite rigorous quite grueling and quite horrible so for us to kind of even before even hearing that word like to see yeah. biopsies and stuff it's it's foreign to us like someone having surgery like like alhamdulillah now family no one's really had like severe surgery than probably one of our sisters but uh-huh. in terms of like health wise i don't think any of us have broken a leg or broken a foot or anything like that yeah. which we're blessed to but yeah, of course it's just kind of to show an insight like this was so like new like, yeah i mean getting, like having an incision and he's like really kind of sorry about that there's a phone going off no, <laughs> but yes like mom having like these intrusive kind of operations and like i don't know testing was quite i think for me just hearing it because obviously yeah being so youngsters with, with her like with the biopsy after that we went back home and like she didn't she, either she was brave or she just i think it's more the case she didn't want anyone to worry as such mm-hmm. such is how she was always was um it, obviously uh, she declined in health at home um to the point she was kind of bedbound and complaining of severe pain like acute yeah. pain I remember the day obviously when she went to when we decided to go to hospital I don't know we decided or she got referred I think like they just said go to hospital um because again look we didn't know how to handle it because no one knew what it was and even I remember the cab we took a cab um I'd pray Jumma it was a Friday I believe um I prayed Jumma and I went home and then we got a cab myself um her um and i believe shabifa came in the car and then we went even what well, the reason why i mentioned the cab ride is because the car was going over a hump um, on st thomas's road there's like a hump bit around the corner yeah. those that are familiar with it and when it went over um she felt it and she like winked like yeah, yeah. winced her face and you could think oh my god this is Actually, like really good yeah these, these were like 
like I things that know what it is. it's those snippets like yeah those are those little even like a memory like that like I feel like it's so raw still because yeah. it's the snippets of reminding yourself that time and obviously mum did so well to conceal it of course that it became so real in those small snippets of her actually letting go yeah yeah you feel like mentally that contributes to kind of how but that was that was the first of like um many of a roller coaster ride with her such because when we did go into hospital i remember victoria ward was the ward she was admitted to um and they gave her morphine and which is obviously like a prescribed drug and like way more powerful than paracetamol um because that's what she was taking and when she had it and she was at the ward you could see like the wrinkles of her face were gone like she was in peace like she struggled a lot anyway um obviously she got like I remember as well this was the first time she's going to stay out of hospital other than obviously even when she had yourself Kibria she was out the same day like she didn't yeah. stay um, so um, and I think that differs like I think with any hospital stay like having a baby and with a mm. leg it's like different situations which psychologically impact you like staying up for her yeah. being like an illness that I'm sure she was aware of is not exactly the easiest to fight um, I think that naturally would make anyone scared yeah yeah and I remember um, as we came down obviously we couldn't stay overnight and we came down and we're going out of um, Archway Hospital yeah. and we looked up and she was there waiting yeah I remember this was you like, like the power with yeah and then I was like wow anyway um, when I say about the roller coaster, so she was there for the next day, the day after, and we started inquiring, like getting a bit more yeah. like confident to knowledge. you know challenge the doctor or not challenge the doctor as such, but seek knowledge in it yeah. because like we don't know what it was. So I remember like dad at that time was go and find out. Obviously, uh, you know those that know dad is very like. Prof, like daring and you know <laughs> such a maverick in himself impatient <laughs> of course yeah trigger happy so he's like go 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 and ask and i remember asking the doctor look my mom's been here like four days now no one said anything what is it and the doctor said it's goldstone which is like um yeah, um you can explain what it is but yeah like it's, it's like stones in the kidney as such that's causing the pain and they said you can like laser it out and we we're like oh wow like you know we we're relieved to hear that there's a remedy to there's a solution the to the yeah. yeah illness so obviously that's that and then good news went round i remember dad was elated like you know at we, home and... you know what because you know when you say this so for me like mm. you explain these things it's so vivid for me in terms of like my memory of like how she ended up getting admitted to hospital because I was what 12 at that time so yeah yeah obviously being the youngest you guys kind of shielded us from yeah the majority of things I guess you felt wasn't necessary to see mm. um I may try and argue that now but obviously at that time I can understand like obviously I think it wasn't just that uh, it, we were new to it itself, yeah. so no one knew how to handle it and naturally you were younger like so we always did look like 
to preserve like you know not make you feel of course like of bad no, news no, no i understand that then but yeah. i guess that's for another day to discuss yeah um but yeah for me like i remember just really like vaguely understanding what was happening and i obviously when i went to the gp with mom when she first got referred for the blood test yeah it all came back clear and then she was still having the pain and then i remember going i don't know why i was her company maybe i cried to mm. go with her mm. but um i remember just being her company for like majority of her gp appointments where he'll mm. your diet because you might have gallstones and then mm. you know you're asian you're you're an asian you're bangladeshi you, yeah or you you need to let go of that and it's like and there came a point where mom had to let go of like literally the foods she would live for yeah um and then yeah i just remember like she had the biopsy and had a hole in her in her tummy and like that heal mm. to up until the end and like things like that like these are the like snippets i got from literally eavesdropping or oh yeah actually that was the only way like <laughs> like i would hear that even like hearing that she had cancer like was through I, hearing my, like that my, that funny you mentioned that that day i think it was like one two weeks into her stay at the hospital um the doctors like like the doctor we were dealing with so imagine this yeah um i my, my i used to go in the mornings um and stay at the hospital mm-hmm. uh, for best part of the day and just to give mum company really um and then like shabif would join me or someone else would come and then like in the evening someone else would come and then we'll just go home so that was um that was the case and on that day i remember when and um the doctor came around and i was prepped by dad i was like go and find out what the you know like um what the hell's going on and you know this that so obviously i had a motive uh, coming in and i remember shabifo was there with me and i was like shabifo dad asked like you know we need to find out today what the hell's going on and to move forward so mom's in the hospital on the bed as such so I went to the doctors and they're like oh the main consultant's going to come around do his rounds in the morning so wait for him so okay waited 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 tentatively like oh, like peering over um like opening the curtain to see if the doctor's got that's how like mm, yeah new we were <laughs> to this whole nhs system yeah. now obviously with dads which we can touch upon it's different in it we knew yeah. how it was and how it anyway the consultant must have come um and i remember he came in and i think consultants generally don't have that people um skill no, they're just I very agree. i get where you come from but i think it's the nature of their profession of course like, yeah, yeah obviously like the hierarchy like you're just like sure. a normal yeah yeah guy. and this guy has been yeah. half his life he's he's trained to be with oh yeah, 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 yeah i get that aura of like seniority like you just you're scared to even talk to them even like when i used to work in the hospital i used to be mm. so afraid to do rounds with the consultants because mm. i used to just think like they're going to think i'm stupid mm-hmm. like you're going to get caught out yeah it's like the head you realize like when they give yeah. you your, their pen to you and things like that you think <laughs> i'm one of them yeah so, I, yeah oh, so. so yeah um when he came around and he'd done his charts and you know his writing and then I just said excuse me doctor can you tell us what's going on because on like everyone said it's goldstone but no one's doing anything and we, we've been told to ask you his words he had he looked at the chart he didn't even make eye contact with me because what you're on about 
didn't they tell you your mum's got cancer? That's how he said it. And then, so imagine in that room, like, you got me. In terms of that, yeah, because that's for mm. me hearing that. How would you, how did you kind of react to that? Like mentally, like how did you find that? Because obviously I could imagine kind of wailing out or whatever, yeah. having a reaction so, at that time. Like, I don't know, God, like, um, I don't know, God's just given me this kind of patience with me, like, not to, like, react instantaneously. Mm. I'm not saying that I don't react at all. I'm just saying at that moment, mm. I was like, well, like, in my head, I was like, well, I didn't say, I wasn't angry, I wasn't sad, I just, normal, like, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to process it, that's just the way I am in it. I try and process it, and then after I process it, it will lead to whatever emotion uh, mm. like it come. So I remember Shabifa was there. Um, we say Afa, by the way. I don't know if the listeners yeah. Plus who the hell names that uh, I can't keep up. So. Yeah. <laughs> names, foreign names that everyone's hearing is it's either a sibling's name. So yeah, Shabi Afa means sister. So as in respect as an elder sister. So anyway, Shabi's there. Um, and she heard it and she just legged it to the uh, waiting room and she didn't even stay her reactions she just legged it I didn't uh, and so obviously I was like what I thought she had a phone call or something I didn't take note I only realised that she left so my main thing was obviously mum and then and then obviously the doctor went and then it was it was like like five second ten second silence and I thought what do I say to this lady? Like, did she understand this? Of course, she's. She, we all know how smart of a woman she was, and you know, English not yeah. being her first language, but she went above and beyond, and she knows. Yeah. And then, and then she, I, 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 like, kind of mustered the words, like, gain confidence to say, "Do you understand what he said?" And then she goes, and her words were, um, it- "I know that my." my lord has is calling me that's what she said and i was like yeah i didn't i couldn't say anything to that and then i said all right and then it was slowly when when i heard it from her mouth like yeah. there's a possibility she's going um and do, do you know what yeah um i went to the waiting room i said let me i told my mom look i said let me go to the waiting room let me just find out where Shabif has gone um, and then so I went to the waiting room she's bawling her eyes up and I was like what are you doing like um, I don't like, I think and you know like you probably have seen more recently now with dad's thing it's it's not that I don't have that emotion so like far from it it's, it's like it's more so more so you just finding a means of control because something like kind of being told like that is so out of yeah 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 by crying it's not going to resolve it <laughs> yeah and, and and that's not to like snipe at those that do cry in this case she'll be a fuck. that's just naturally and she's a woman and women are more emotionally charged than men Let's... in general but... okay anyway yeah no no but i'm just saying but anyway she was crying and then um obviously i like at that time did i have a mobile yeah i did have a mobile i called dad um, and then I said to him, you need to come to the hospital. And he was like, what? What's up? Like, why? I said, just come. So he got on the bus and then he met me. And then I, I waited for him at the front of the hospital. And I said, I've like, got cancer. And then he goes, what? And he's, 
like if you think I brushed off Shabby off, he brushed me off. Like so, it works in layers. If you know what I mean, like I feel like it stems from like your parents. Yeah, of course. element of your behavioral characteristics. Yeah, and I think you know when we my so before Abba went, to, Dad went to see Mom. Um, we went, we knocked on the consultant's door. Yeah. Um, just because like. You can't just accept that kind of commentary or do you tell your mum's got cancer and that's it. Yeah, they should have done some sort of fact. Yeah, that that was really hard to digest, like the way, but then again, Alhamdulillah, like you know, our belief system overpowered that kind of, of course. uh thing because if your time is up, your time's up and you just have to prepare for it. Um anyway, that the the other that bit where me and dad went in and then and then the doctor, the, the consultant was there. He goes, look, at best, this is a, it's very brash. Okay, fair enough. You get to understand now. It's very brash. and says, look, at best, six months, uh, but on average, three to two months. And I was like, what? I thought, I thought he was talking about, you know, um, um, the pos- um, I get, you know, Alpha, just to sec, yeah, because that is the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Because obviously now we're going to move on to sure. the the kind of process of of them kind of losing them but in regards to hospitalization of how mum was you've just kind of kind of given us a clear detail of that um obviously because i was there for dad's hospitalization i'll give a quick insight into what happened and then i want you to kind of um reflect on how you kind of processed dad's one as to mum's one and how they differed um so for me obviously i wasn't present with mum's hospitalization so i was like present in the sense we're at home school back home and you'd see like snippets of it so for me i didn't really see much of mum's like admission to hospital um whereas dad funnily enough was complete polar opposite um i don't know if it's lucky to say that i was the one that got him in but um i was lucky enough to have gone over to see him after he was feeling ill yes um with me out of all of his children i was the local the most um closest locally so obviously went over after a few days of him being unwell um this was the beginning of the pandemic so coronavirus wasn't even in the realms of his illness because naturally we he's a very cautious guy um he if anything before the virus hit the uk he was telling us brace ourselves in like december i don't know if you got caught but yeah he was like do not go out and i had a holiday booked for april and is this Mm. first family holiday uh which i was really looking forward to but i had like a really bad feeling and i don't know whether that plays a role in God telling us something that we weren't ready to hear yet. But I had that holiday booked and I remember the first time I told dad, which was a few months before, um, and he was like, don't go. And mm. I thought like, dad's very like homely and he doesn't like like his children leaving the nest in the sense we're like going out of the country. I think that parent would have some sort of reservation about it. Just because I think security, at that given time, I think we were planning to go Turkey and there was a lot going on there as well. But yeah, um, other than that, like obviously I went up the bar, saw dad. Um, he seemed all right, not too unwell. And then um, obviously I was telling him like he went and he imagined how dependent he was. He went to the GP for to get an appointment and then um, got some antibiotics and came back home. So I told him like obviously being the nurse I am, um, I told him, like, obviously, give the dose 
a day or two and if it doesn't seem to clear we'll go hospital or we'll do about it and um yeah i ended up seeing him two days later and he called me i remember calling him just to see and i was actually gonna go in that day to see him um because i had a pop tire like my tire popped and i'm not really good with like mechanics or anything like that so it might sound really silly but getting a tire changed is like rocket science to me um so yeah so i didn't honest to god i didn't have the intention to go and see dad and by me just having that one call was like a blessing in disguise because i literally called him and i was like oh how are you doing dad and then he just sounded so out of character in the yeah. way he's like he was really short of breath um he wasn't like he wasn't doing his dad's known for his pops but he wasn't doing that he was doing like real like you can hear him stuff. um and then one thing that will always resonate with me to this day is he goes to me you never see me he's like you never see me why have yeah. you come and seen me and i was like I just saw this guy days ago. What is he on about? And then that's when I realised he's not in his right mind, which means that he's disorientated, which then means that he's got some sort of infection. He's he's not himself, not well enough. Because for dad to use grasp reality or grasp of what's, what's right and what's wrong, um, it was a huge situation because he knew he's this guy's sharp. So I ended up going over got my tire fixed and everything and then um i actually curbed the wheel I'm not told my husband today but um that day i pulled up to dad's house and i, I remember i like dropped all this like, like little bits of shopping for him give him something and i went running up to his room and he was in bed like like cocooned in his back i was thinking like, what is going on like what bed for like why doesn't he get out and um he was talking to me that's the maddest thing like engaging with me like um and then he told me get into my bed and massage my head and i hate like any sort of contact in that general i think because we've been brought up to be as like affectionate yeah um and i've always hated like hand massage foot massage things so i remember like i was like i don't know what it was you know maybe it's because he was really unwell and being married as well and like not being at home I climbed onto his bed and then I was like massaging his head. And then I was I started doing a couple of him. <laughs> so so basically I was I just wanted to see his capacity because he really scared me with like, the way that he said, You never come and visit me and he seemed really, like loopy and <coughs> Are you alright? Sorry, carry on. I'm listening. I just need twice. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way to do podcasts. You'll be sneezing on the mic. Move away from it. I moved the phone to the ceiling and <laughs> I sneezed downwards and I nearly sprained my neck. Oh my god! Anyway, carry but on. yeah, so I was oh, interrupted. You know, you know, your when you speak is cutting intermittently. I don't know. Is it? Does it do to me when I speak? No, I think it's this phone. Okay, so I thought I'd let oh. you know that, but probably, probably not on playback. That it might not. But oh, I hope not, not because it's happened before. Okay, but anyway, um, yeah, so long story short, he was quite confused. Um, I only realised the extent of how sick he was when I did his temperature, I did his blood sugar levels, and everything just screamed, get him some help. And then I remember calling 111 that day, and I, I sent you that snapshot today. For- yeah. 
and that call I stayed on the line believe me hour on 111 the so-called emergency line that's supposed to give you some sort of support but obviously the pandemic hit and everything was blowing mm. and um yeah I finally got through and then they were like because of his age and his health like we're gonna send paramedics to come and see him and I honestly thought nothing of it I just thought he's got a urine infection he's got a chest infection he's gonna go through hospital get the antibiotics we've had this episode so dad was sick like this seven years prior to his one and um i just assumed and because now being a qualified nurse and had been doing it for a few years i felt like my expertise would provide like additional support for getting moving quicker i remember like i went into the hospital with him in the ambulance with um one of my other and then um I remember, like, we were in the hospital in A&E and they were like, you can't go in because of COVID. And it really impacted the way that we were because, like, mm-hmm. we, we were quite, like, with dad, he not understands English, but then it's like, I think just naturally you don't want to leave someone on their own. Like, your elder parent on your own. Yeah. I just remember, like, going in and I gave the rundown, like, a full... It, I, I was, like, a paramedic giving the handover of medical history. Mm-hmm. I was like gave the name of the antibiotic I said he's not generic antibiotics they won't work and believe me I was like when I came in the following day and he was receiving those antibiotics I was like they don't care they generally don't care because if they didn't listen to what I said and didn't look through his medical notes then they would know that this resistant he's resistant to it and yeah and then I think from there like I stayed until one um, he got admitted to the ward and yeah, like, that's when that was the beginning of kind of the end. So yeah, for me, like obviously I was there with dads, but how did you find that? Like in terms of when you heard dad was admitted, or um, yeah, I mean, so like, did like... you feel like it impacted you? It not it's not to say in like a bad way, like it impacted you more or less, but did it impact you in a different manner to how you remember mum getting into or? To be to be honest, no, it's pretty much the same. Like, yeah, obviously, like, like I said, when Mum found out that news, um, I think we all have our moments. So, for example, like, just to like go back with Mum, one quick thing I want to put out um, after having chemotherapy, um, which he had like two rounds and it didn't do anything. Um, there was a meeting with the consultant to see if that chemo worked or not. And I remember there was like, everyone was hyped up and, you know, like super um, optimistic and staying positive that, you know, it will be good news. And I remember she went on to, uh, you could uh, understand now, she's not able to walk. So she went on to a dolly um, and then we pushed her to another department to meet the consultant. And in that, it took like 15 minutes I think to go from it was like on the other side of the hospital the consultant from where her ward is and she was just bawling her eye out like the whole thing like I think she knew this was make or break and I I think she knew that nothing's changed within her and it was a more case of the reality the doctor's gonna say it's over and the reason I mentioned that is because that's I was pushing her um, to the other ward and I could, she wasn't quailing, 
never she is very modest even at the time yeah. of life this like where it's like death we're talking about when I mean modest she was not wailing she was literally like you know like internal crying you can feel the shake of the body like like you know when you tell a kid off and like violently and after like an hour is shuddering because of like they're crying it is that kind of thing and that's I couldn't I, I I felt it and like I was broken inside because like yeah anyway look even now I'm thinking about it like I didn't know how to deal with it I didn't that's the moment when it all came home to me and it that oh you know mom's going that's how, it like how did you find it like in terms of because I was going to touch on that next in terms of like the yeah. behind both of their end of life care kind of the real with that with with that like the hospitalization um, obviously that you said you felt like it was the same for you um in regards of like the reactions so you've just mentioned with with, with mom like when the consultant said about yeah. three months two to three months blah blah, blah blah yeah essentially they say that life expectancy and then they move on to like end of life care when they start deteriorating yeah, yeah um how do you feel like how did it impact you in terms of with mum's time with end of life care as to dad's time end of life care like being told that and kind of experience watching that i think with dad's one it was easier to accept because of the experience of mum. like and like i i, I didn't crumb like with mum's yeah. time obviously we're about to lose mum and it, I could have to be honest like I haven't like bereaved with mum in a sense like oh like oh, I mean like you know like it's really hit home like like profoundly to like with some siblings you know like again that's you know I'm not disreputing or disrespecting them everyone you know bereaves in a different way but for me I never like is it not bereaves I can't you cut out I didn't hear what oh you said oh my god I'm really worried that this podcast isn't going to record properly you are like it's very shuddering at times but anyway what was the no I was saying like you know you said you didn't bereave mum is that a word isn't it bereave like in, as in in the context I don't know but I, what I'm trying to yeah you didn't you didn't mourn mum the way that other people may have I don't I don't think any there is a, a specific definitive term of mourning like it's tailorized to an individual like one can still mourn to this day doesn't like or one can like get it out of the system in a week a day or whatever I I don't have that kind of thing it, it yeah. will touch me just as so how did you off for you because you mentioned that it was easier with dad's time because of experience over yeah so your mum's mum's time we didn't know how did you prepare yourself psychologically mentally how did you prepare yourself mum's time with mum's time um, one person that gave me courage um, to be who who, how I was with mum and to dad was Halimbai and I remember he came and saw mum our brother-in-law yeah he passed away unfortunately he's uh, Shatafa's husband and Fahim's dad um, he came to the hospital he passed away the following year after mum in it um, November he passed away 2006 um, but anyway um, he came and saw mum in the hospital yeah. and... do you find that having how do I say it in a way where like Halimba like to us 
as a brother in law, he was very like Islamically wrong in the sense where we saw him as quite a, a strong figure who who practiced Islam in a way where I guess it gave us comfort knowing he was there to provide us with his a half is. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, so like he was there, you know, with the comfort for mum. Like mum of course he was there to provide um, like extra prayers and things that we could do in a more beneficial way. Do you feel like in terms of people that are grieving or are to grieve or lose someone, do you find that that is an impact, like a, a significant input to yeah. the process? It's a positive. It, or I think it boils down first and foremost to the the one that's um, going to go yeah. and the, the one that's going to lose that person. That's the ricochet effect, isn't it? Because if you see that your loved one is getting comfort from this person, it will naturally give you comfort knowing that that... Well, I saw, I saw two... I mean, that, the reason why I say it, that made sense. it's only impactful... What I'm trying to get to that is if you're yeah. God-fearing, as in the audience, as in the family mm. and the person that's going to go, if you're God-fearing, very much... 100% impact however if you're not then it's I, more of a I, I don't know where coming from but then at the same time I feel like because we're focusing it more on Islam and like being a Muslim and obviously being fearing of God that I get where you're coming from like it will have some sort of impact on you because you know that obviously the, the, the reason why the reason why I say that is I've seen that side as well with another not close family a family person that on his um, death door and the imam came and he was doing a dua and he literally said cut it short get out I don't need you like again that could boil down to Um, I 100% understand but I guess what I'm trying to say is like obviously you're saying it in like a generic form Mm. but there are those like individuals out there that obviously maybe it comes to those times of need that that changes things. Do you get what I mean? Like you may not be God fearing at the time, but given the situation, yeah, I get. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think anything. Yeah, no, at that time because you don't know who will listen to these podcasts. Yeah, it's so important to just recognize. No, no, no. At, at the same time, you're right. Because I'll watch even if, even if even if you're not God fearing or whatnot, the any hope of a solution, it, anyone will latch onto it because you're at. So would you say, like, for you, that faith kind of, the the kind of your belief in God helped you kind of process this information and kind of... Yes and no. Like, I I would have... The the, the reason I say yes is because that's inevitably the right answer. No, as in self-doubt, because in comparison to other muslims that i know in my life they're so much more practicing than i am and it feels i'm just my chain of thought but i'm just saying um for me to have that iman like to believe it's god and you know that's he's it wasn't there like i just feel it's the right answer but at that time at mum's time i'm saying i um, like i feel like with dad's time they say like i feel personally with grief it's experience that makes you more um, comfortable with it in a sense. Like, it's not to say like you will grieve the same way or grieve any less or more. It's just I feel like when you've experienced it once, you automatically have an awareness of the of what's going on. Of course. Follow. And I feel like with dad's time, 
it was far more focused on him not that it wasn't focused on before but like it was focused on him, but then there was also focus on the siblings like just everyone's mental health and well-being because with mum's time I think everyone was everywhere you know what was going on what's dying because mum was one of essentially one of the main persons that we first encountered death with of course but I feel like with dad that I get you coming from like experience it does help you in terms of process put it put put it this way on like dad's time I was um I remember getting a call um from Shahid um and I was in Barnet collecting Abidov because she had work here in Central. So after work, I went to collect you know, her and I was going to go. These are all relations because no one knows who these names Oh, my wife. Sorry. So my wife was working. Anyway, cut long story short, I got a call from my brother. Um, and he said, look, you need to come to the hospital. And then I was like, OK, I'm coming. And I was collecting my wife at that time um from barnet to go back to luton um because she worked in london i'd finished work as well wasn't it Hmm? i called you off yeah yeah, you did and then i just remember like so this is where i wanted to come from in terms of responsibilities like Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily i would say a responsibility but i feel like within the asian community it's quite prominent that boys have a lot more responsibility than girls in a sense of like family and honor and all of that Mm. all of that jazz and i'm talking from like an old generation perspective because obviously then this age it's fair trade in the sense that's the wrong word to use it's like fair in terms of girls and boys in terms of like the upcoming generation there's not really like many differences that we try and highlight does that make sense? I'm going like in in a digging. Mm, I'm kind of. I get what you're no, saying. Yeah, yeah, what I'm trying to say is like, obviously, in our family, I'd like to think that we look to you in the sense of now dad being gone, like as like a, a prominent male figure, like more so than what it was. Yeah, before. of course. And that that's come that, that's come you, with age. Yeah, obviously. and I feel like that has a huge impact. Well, it must have a huge impact for you because I, I was trying to kind of get an understanding even before this whole podcast in terms of how you process like the changes that would occur like obviously with mum obviously when mum was gone we still had dad so that eliminated that older son responsibility I think more so you had that responsibility while she was in school. yeah and like obviously getting her kind of through that whole death process in terms of like the certificates the death certificates and things like that like I get that was like a responsibility for you but Mm. this time around like recently with that gone that's like the male figure essentially being erased from our reality how did you find that in terms of like the process that did you think about like what's to come once that yeah and you know what um it's funny you say that in many a times like more recently with dad like before his passing mm. he always used to make that remark yeah if i when i'm not here they're gonna come to you i swear to, he said it in bengali obviously but mm-hmm. it means more it's a more powerful statement if you yeah. say it in bengali than in english because it has cultural uh, twangs to it as such like you know it means more and i never thought like well I always knew yes, you that thought the day would come so soon yeah yeah so um I mean the, just to give you an insight of like what 
one one word he like he says to myself and pretty much pretty, to Kibria as well, who's the youngest brother, is keep courage in it. Like Shalshrat is meaning like have courage, be confident, and I think he knew our. Achilles Hill was that that because we're oh, I can talk for myself I can't talk on behalf of Kibra you can <laughs> you can invite him one day and try to let him yeah. speak but I think what he thought my Achilles Hill and I think what my Achilles Hill is that shrewdness that he had like um, but that's because his whole lifetime he had to be shrewd he came to a country when he was young had to you know have the responsibility of upbringing not just one, two, three, four, five, sixteen children, and thirteen of them of girls, and this is like you know, to, you know, just having a girl doesn't mean oh it's just a kid. The other side of it of you know getting her married and so forth, all these and it's multiplied thirteen times. Add that on with him losing his wife um, in two thousand five. So if we work it out, two thousand and five, when mum passed away, there was. Um, Munta wasn't married, didn't it? Bushafa was. No, Bushafa. Yeah, Bushafa was married, didn't it? Your yeah. names again. Sorry, my. I'm saying there was a good handful of us that were left over. So right, six, seven, oh, six. Yeah. Yeah, six girls were left over. And three boys. And, and three boys, myself included. And, so nine of us, yeah. So there was nine of us left. Yeah, so you could, like, that in itself. And, yeah, no, if you think about it now, that I didn't really think about it that much. No, it's a big thing because the thing is, yeah, like, I, like, I... Yeah, sorry, go on. Sorry, no, um, with with the girls, I don't know, where I'm going off on a tangent, but you, it means that, um, you know, you, I saw firsthand what he'd done like to get the girls married and you know like it's just it's amazing and like I I get where you're coming from because obviously dad's responsibilities when he was around was a lot more intense a lot more a lot more so so the reason yeah the reason why I mention all this is because I was prepared for this yeah like coming many years ago that I didn't know but okay. it's only now when you reflect yeah. on it why did I why did you ask me why kind of indirectly made you learn of course yeah but, and that's the beauty of it, isn't it? and you think rather well, the guy clever guy yeah. cunning as usual he got me in it so that coming back to um, bring it back what you asked me in terms of the difference between my I told dad that they this is the case now i remember telling him like we had that consultation with the doctor and then they said like oh you know they won't resuscitate and all that malarkey like right you know what sorry to intervene Mm. i think this is so relevant it's like you know even you explaining all of my processes i wasn't there to see it but i was there to see how you handled it with dad yeah and I find it so, like, if you think about it, like, it's so amazing in terms of how your mind and your your soul, mm. is things that you've gone through already, because, like, I'm sure you were just going to mention, is how you told dad straight, without yeah. without any sugarcoating, yeah. was something you struggled with courage. with Of course, and yeah. Because family this... planning, like, I remember that day you were, like, not having it. Like, Maurice mm. asked, fine, why are we here? what yeah. discussing if there's nothing you can do yeah. it was very like blunt and very like yeah. straightforward whereas i'm sure how you mentioned with mum's time you would yeah. knock on the consultant's door like i think mm-hmm. when you do think about things like this it does highlight like 
how experience contributes so much to the mannerism in how you manage not how you grieve but how you get through that because you know with us in nursing um even for me as well sorry like just being a nurse and like for however many years I did it for like just seeing like dealing with death dying elderly you know infections cancer terminal chronic these all of these health conditions that you see people you create connections in the sense where you know them you know you look after them and then they die the next day it's like I think that that even prepared me for like dad like I don't know whether it was like I feel like it contri- also contributes from the way you see your other siblings as well so like, of course even like see you how you were kind of quite composed throughout the whole like, I'm not saying that you were made of steel and whatever yeah. but I know because I personally had intervals with you where where it did get a bit much yeah like it just is so I wouldn't say amazing but just so interesting to see put, how, like put it put it this way I get what you say and I don't I still don't have the answer to it but I guess you know God like Allah should I say um like gives people or like chooses people to not because of that person's great and whatnot but best for that situation as such and only that's a cut ev- yeah and everyone like one dua might be or oh, make it easy bring shifar to the family and what I might have been that kind of ease for that process if you know because of my knowledge and how one- you needed to be quite firm and yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing. Sorry to cut you off. Um, like, I'm not on, to be emotionless, but did you find yeah. you had to be quite solid in the way that you came across to the other Yeah, no, but that's because of how dad told me to be. Yeah. And he knew that. And I think he was like, he obviously, I don't know for sure, but I know that he would have been happy that at least I didn't fold because... I think at that time, mm. so Shahid fell ill with COVID. And Kibria, okay, everyone says he's too young and whatnot, but he isn't young. But at that time, because it goes back to how you were, like, you know, sheltered or what's that word? Like, sheltered from the bad news as such. Um, shielded. And shielded, sorry. Like, why am I not using that word? Shielded, yeah. Um, so with Kibria, it was this time it was like Kibria shielded him. So I guess after me, like, kind of hmm? insisted that the youngsters were able to be more present because I did, yeah, I did acknowledge that. Like, I noticed how Kibra was more involved. Yeah, I was able to be more involved. Yeah, of course. And it's important because you'll only regret. Of course, yeah, and I think that was a huge impact to my process of mourning with mum. Like, I just was didn't feel present enough. Mm. it was because obviously the time age whatever but it was it was something that I'll always kind of hold close to my chest because yeah. that obviously something I can't go back on but um Arifbai, just to kind of round it off we've got a minute before we hit an hour I just wanted to ask you in a nutshell do you feel like you know how I was telling you about the topic in self the question do you feel like grief is the same every time you experience of course not yeah, me neither. It all boils down to the nature of what grief. Yeah. I mean, just you know, Man United losing is a grief versus losing your dad. I know it's two polarizing 
examples I gave, but end of the day, it's grief, isn't it? But one you can live on and hope for another match. But with losing a parent, you're not going to get that chance again uh, until, obviously, inshallah, you're reunited with them in the hereafter. But that... So, for me, obviously, with the polar opposites, you give just in regards to mum and dad, obviously losing a mother, losing a father, do you feel like there's any significant differences in loss that in that manner? Like, Say that again. So, I didn't hear your question. I'm worried that that didn't make sense and then people... <laughs> well, it kind of didn't and I was like being kind and said, can you just say I didn't hear you? <laughs> I'm trying so hard to sound sophisticated. Um, so I'm... Basically, we've gone over an hour, which really annoyed me because you were blabbing on before and I just wanted you to come... Uh, you were blabbing on with your I guess this well. is a learning curve for me and I don't know, whoever listens... Did you script the question? Wait, whoever listens to this or even stays till this point, <laughs> may God bless you because... <laughs> Why? I think, I think it's... It's a good insight. Like I, no, would... I know. Do you know what? It's hard because I think we're not used to talking in third person. Like we're speaking as if we're talking. No. Do, do you know what? Do you know why it would be much better? What would make it much better if you were impartial? Like you didn't know me. No, but the whole point. I'm not editing this, by the way. So whatever you say, these this constructive criticism is going to stay on this podcast. But my point is, is the whole point I had you on here is because I feel like it's so important for others because I'm sure there's a lot of Asian families not even mm-hmm. other ethnic backgrounds like that have siblings and some take on the role more than others and like mm-hmm. we're not as insightful to see how this impacts them like I didn't know half the stuff you went through with mum that you just told me today mm-hmm. on this episode but mm-hmm. my point is is you won't know these things and I think a lot of people could relate to you in the sense where sometimes being the eldest in, a, in an Asian family is not exactly a walk in the park like you of course not. temper your emotions to how dad felt it was best for you does mm. that make sense not that yeah. way but like it just shows that how much it impacted you mentally that you had to psychologically reevaluate how you were meant to process this situation for the mm. of everyone else rather than you kind of dealing with it in your own personal manner which I think has a huge impact mentally and after the process of grieving because that's another story to be told Mm -hmm. but like I'm sure I can vouch in that sense that it's been a lot more harder to process dad's death more so than do you you know do you know one thing as well of course um, everything what you said and furthermore if like you know from my angle dealing with even say more recently with dad's death as such I made decisions that at that time yeah because of how fragile everyone's emotions were and whatnot there was a lot of like um blowback as such yeah, so just no, quickly tell like, you like I was organizing his funeral on Tuesday he passed away the following Sunday no one was to know he was gonna yeah, no, pass away on Sunday told me like but what the moral of what I'm trying to get to it was you can't it's hard in itself because you're fighting your own kind of like grief and like you, you know what difference is my grief compared to yours but you then have to cut that and this is the shrewdness that I learned through you know losing dad that if you fall to these kind of like 
um, nat- well, you know, sibling, like, it, like I said, at that time, emotions were charged as such. But if you give in, you know, give in or, you know, and forget your, you know, your aim, um, then you're, ju- you're not going to see, you're going to be, you're going to fall at the first hurdle. So that's why I didn't. And some may see that as like, um, I'm emotionless or like, you know, yeah, just oh, sensitive. Yeah, I get Cause- and, personally just to not go off topic mm-hmm. like I do feel like obviously I was there when certain decisions had to be made with hair yeah. and stuff and I, I did like notice there were heightened emotions because some people yeah. were more engaged with their emotions of course not by choice though I think that's so important to highlight is that as much as you want to be in that same boat of finding these things and being as possible possible you needed to be realistic in a manner in like getting things sorted when this time occurs because i remember you called and you're not even called up the same day and you were going home and um you told me speak to the gp uh, speak to the doctor to to make sure that they'll be having his death certificate ready yeah, yeah. Alive. and a lot of people might think why are you rushing for his yeah, it, was like, yeah. it wasn't even anything near that it was more so preparing myself for something of course yeah at that time my my theory yeah of course and my 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 theory wasn't the fact that um i want him to go far from it and i know even my strongest of critics won't think that if you know what i mean but my my thing was prepare for the worst as yeah such. And you know what I, it's not a case of oh i told you so and whatnot but Allah has a plan for everything in it and um, like all this was down to Allah like he got buried because of our our prepare uh, we prepared for it because the next day after he, he got buried there was a lockdown 23rd was lockdown you couldn't attend anything like honestly well, I'm so grateful in the manner in which yeah. happened like as sad as it is and how, how heartbreaking it was um do you know that you know that's the silver lining like he got what exactly. he wanted he yeah. wanted he wanted to have his gospel by his sons in east london mosque okay he didn't get his janazah okay for obvious reasons i think but what beauty he got his janazah in front of his grave so as soon as he got it we prayed his janazah we buried him mom she wanted to be buried asap yeah and i quickly tell you this yeah like because i i wanted to and i cut me off before I allow you but I wanted Just to tell you stumbling over your words anyway yeah but half the time you're babbling on like, you can edit so, you can edit this and you can edit this and shave 35 minutes because yeah you're just... 35 minutes of your talking <laughs> I'm the yes, listen at least I know me. now that whenever I need to divert conversations because you went on you answered five of my questions in the first segment <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna listen. It's just so unprofessional. Yeah, but you didn't even know how to do send the link in the first place. You sent oh, me five links. We've got three minutes. Okay, quickly. No, coming back. Outro. Yeah. So hurry up. Game, game face. So with grief and like those that you know 
I from from my opinion, like those that want to overcome grief, and I'm not saying this is the remedy for it. Look at the positives, like analyze that moment of grief, that episode, that journey you had. Look for positive plus signs, and these are milestones, and hone in on them, and you know, make them big. And when you do, you it's you'll think it's miracle. Uh, it's a miracle that happened. Just just give you a quick thing, yeah. When mom passed away. 132 um we didn't know what to do and the brother that was praying with me um um i remember praying in the like the room downstairs and munta the sister another sister of ours she was banging the door saying everybody everybody open up and i couldn't break the jamaa finish uh the jamaa legged it upstairs knew mom was going and then fortunately one of the brothers who was in the jamaat came up with me, like followed me because he, I didn't say, I just said, As-salamu alaykum, As-salamu alaykum, and I legged it and he just legged it after me. And it, I even left Munta like motionless at the front of the door because I knew what it was about. But obviously I didn't know what to do. And him, like this is what I'm saying, like it's, mir- it's miraculous. Like people come from like nowhere and help you. And he said, He's the one that advised go to the town or go and get gardens of peace. No one knew what a cemetery was like with for us, let alone gardens of peace. What a beautiful place that is! And um, he said, go there, go there. And we were to get the death certificate. And I remember my eldest brother-in-law. Um, he drove me and this other guy, family friend, to Islington Town Hall from Archway to Islington Town Hall. So bear in mind, cheap after one thirty-two, Town Hall closes at four thirty. After we left at three o'clock, so we went Archway. It's one road from Archway to but Angel. One heavy what? traffic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna keep. <laughs> you say it. Obviously, those that live in North London will know that it's crazy. It can take up to an hour just for like a <laughs> mile. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, went there, and I remember on on route there, we were like still like good two three hundred meters away from the town hall, and. Um, my brother-in-law goes look just get out um, I'll find parking somewhere you go and get that destiny so me and that family friend we legged it and I'm in my sandals remember because I prayed um, I left my shoes in mum's room like the ward and um, I had sandals on and I'm running, running. I've never been to a town hall, let alone request a death certificate or whatnot. So me and this guy and that family friend, he's, you know, he's like a freshie. Like, you know, he didn't speak English great. Not nice. So we went and then the registrar goes, hi, you know, just she goes, I, I said, hello, um, and you're here to collect a death certificate. My mom just passed away. And I gave her the doctor's note. She goes, okay, da, da, da. She's doing it. She goes, how would you like to pay? And I was like, what? And then... <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what, like, yeah. you know, like, the payment. And, then, and then she goes, yeah, how would you like to pay? She said, I said, how much is it? And then she goes, £3.50. Um, and I go, okay, cool. And I basically, uh, naturally, as you would, you reach into your pocket to get your wallet. But my wallet was in my hoodie, which I left in the hospital, mm-hmm. yeah, because oh, we just legged it in a rush because we, didn't, we wanted to get that thing. So, okay, like, and I was like, oh, no, I've left my wallet, the thing. So, brother-in-law is obviously, I don't know where he is because he's in the car, like, parking somewhere or whatnot. I looked at the guy, the family friend, I said, I said to him, do you have change? Like, do you have money? He goes, um, no, like, I don't. And then he looked in it. Then I was like, oh, my God. And then I said to the lady, look, 
I just need that just to get, um, my mum like um, she needs to get buried tomorrow without that I can't bury her I'll pay like a hundred times more no problem I just need need to get my brother-in-law because I left my wallet in the thing she was like no we're closing and I think again it's not because she was discourteous or like not feeling genuine it's they they I'm sure they've get millions of people through the doors to get this and I was like oh my god what to do and I put my hand in my left pocket which I never do like I didn't know I was like tense and when I get tense yeah <laughs> it's like I cross my fingers and I put it in my pocket anyway. Next time, if you observe why my hands are in my pocket, that's what I do when I'm tense. I cross my. I remember it relates to primary school. You Miss Young Miss Young taught me that. Like that's how you, you know, channel your fear. Anyway, I put my hand in my pocket, and you, I kid you not, carry that. And I'm not making this up. I swear to God, God has witness. There was three pound coins, two twenty pences, and a ten pence. What was in that? I'd never carried like yeah. imagine like I never it's not to say I never carry change I never carry it's always in my wallet like do you get me um that's why I, I doubt, and what are the chances it was the right amount and I was speechless and I looked at her and literally my eyes teared up because I can only tell her like I know only myself that's a miracle yeah. in myself and the reason I mentioned that like amazing story was because I look at that more so as a yeah, happy rather than uh, reflection rather than the demise of mum, like, you know, her health deteriorating. She can't even go to the toilet by yeah. herself. The last night where she welled to go, you know, like she was motionless and she wanted to go on a wheelchair outside. And like, you know, these things, they, yeah. it's not forgotten. And onto these miracles and small snippets of hope. Of course, of course. So, yeah. Well, before I kind of end this, I just... You said that at 58 minutes and we're on 73, so it shows how much of a host you are. No, it shows how nice I am. I would have cut you off several times. (laughs) Miracle that you told us. Don't want to mock it, but you could have just said cut out half of that. But anyway... Need to give context. Well, I think you know what we're not going to get any viewers because you are so you're you need to change your accent or something because I had to slap myself a few times through throughout this out. So I want to thank I'll... you, Arifway, for joining us today on this episode. I won't be calling you again probably towards the end when we do the last. You know, <laughs> you know, let me let me bust your bubble. And it's not of it. When you play back this, you're gonna find out your microphone's I know, faulty, and you're great, gonna. Great, I can do another one again, and I don't need to keep this. Wait, and you're gonna beg me to come on again. So I am not talking through seventy-four minutes again with you. You must be mad. I thought it was quite good, actually. No, do you know? Do you know what? In all fairness, it was really insightful to hear these things. But do you know, like, from I, my I don't want to cut over seventy-five minutes. Allow it. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like next time, it's good that you. Um, took drive and think um, took control of it, but you. What I'm trying to say is, it went went... on podcast. You can call Sorry? after and tell me this. Oh, okay. Well, you don't want your listeners to get. No. <laughs> your... <laughs> no, first one. I'm trimming all of this. I'm trimming your miracle. Is that all right? How much are you going to pay me for this? <laughs> anyway, well, thank you everyone for listening. If there is anyone left on this to hear, hear to 75 minutes, um, 
stay tuned and join us for the next episode of Open Mind 16. Have a good evening. Thanks, Thanks for having Bye. me. No worries. Assalamualaikum. Be-